Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, episode 229 in the house. And today we are going to be talking WFA 2018 playoffs with our Amanda Congaldi of the DC Divas, the quarterback of the DC Divas. She'll be joining us momentarily to talk about the round three coming up here for the WFA, as well as we're going to be talking Legends Football League Week 9 and preview week 11 and international news as well from Finland, Sweden, and Germany, plus uh, news, upcoming news from certain events that are coming up internationally as well. So uh, we are going to be like talking big time WFA because as you get ready here, July 14th, we'll be here real, real soon. And I want to give a shout out to Brian Sweeney, who uh, tweeted out today, kind of interesting uh, there's only six women still playing from the original 1999 WFA season um, in terms of they're all in the playoffs. Uh, it would be Trigger McNair from the DC Divas, Heroku, Betty Suzuku from the Warriors, Michelle Braun, uh, Bryant, and Moose Raylander from the Vixen, and Missy Bedwell from Tampa Bay Inferno, previously from the DC Divas. So pretty awesome staff there. Um, just brought it up by Brian here. And so I just thought it was a pretty interesting tidbit here. And so we're going to be uh, joined by um, the WFA All-Star, Holly Custis, today. And a couple minutes or so in about, uh, you know, 40 or so minutes, uh, Troy Wilson should chime in. Um, so at that point, um, he'll, let, he'll let us know whether he's come back in or not. But at this point, we got the WFA All-Star for, for the hour. And we're going to be talking with um, – Amanda Congaldi. So, um, Holly, this is huge weekend. Unfortunately for the WFA, a lot of donuts and a lot of blowouts. So uh, that was not expected considering going into it, but I guess it does happen sometimes. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're kind of at a point of the season where we're, we're just entering the playoffs um, with the second round here and the first round basically with the, the uh, Division One section. But you're right, there are quite a few blowouts. Um, unfortunately, in uh, women's football, we're not quite to the point uh, uh, where we have enough parity to have uh, solid games in the early rounds of the playoffs. It seems to be the tighter games are, are in the later rounds. Um, there were a couple of close contests, though, um, you know, especially the, the Mile High San Diego game was a really close one. Uh, Richmond Toledo was a close game. Uh, but you're right, there are quite a few blowouts this, this round. Well, you know what? The one that stood out to me was the one we had talked about, and that was in D3. We talked about the Cats, and they were going against the Freeze, and we had talked about how the Freeze, you know, really has stepped up their game. But we kind of overlooked, I think, the Cats. So the Cats edge Colorado 13-12. to 12. So that right there, I watched the game. Very, very evenly matched game. They know each other very well. And so uh, Rocky Mountain 
just edges Colorado. And so they are now going to face uh, a very, very scary Arkansas Wildcat. Yeah, I mean, it's really encouraging to see that competition uh, in the state of Colorado. Um, and, you know, like you were stating before, it, it's more fun when the games are close. Um, but uh, Rocky Mountain pulled it off. Uh, they're kind of going into uh, a buzzsaw with Arkansas, though. Uh, it's going to be a tall order. So if Rocky Mountain can compete with Arkansas, even if they're not able to pull out the victory, even if they're just able to compete, I think that's going to speak volumes to the, the progress that they've made there. I think it's going to be a tall order to pull off the victory against Arkansas. They're just rolling right now. I, Holly, I just don't see the Wildcats one step from returning to the national championship at this point faltering. Just, 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 I can't just see it. You know what I mean? Uh, as much as mm-hmm. I, I, as much as the Cats have done their part, I just think that that's the case. But the thing, stranger things have happened. So we'll, we'll, you know, once the game is played, like you said, we'll see how, how well Rocky Mountain comes into uh, face uh, the, uh, the current. D3 champions, uh, the Arkansas Wildcats. Um, the other game interesting was Mile High with a scary ending, um, very scary ending. Uh, there was one of the players that obviously collapsed towards the late part of the fourth quarter when we were watching it on the uh, San Diego uh, Rebellion stream. So we're, we're hoping that she was okay. Um, she got hauled out. Her arm was raising up. So uh, I did not get a chance to, uh, to find out who the player was, but uh, we wish them well and recovery there. But Mile High uh, against San Diego, we knew this was going to be a clash. We talked to uh, uh, Nenji Martin and uh, Katie Ott uh, on the last podcast on 228, and they stated the same thing, that this was going to be sort of a dogfight. And so one team was ready to move forward, and the other team was having a great season and hoping for an upset. And so 23-16 to 16 was the final here, and – Mile High uh, now gets to face the, uh, you know, Minnesota Vixen, which uh, that right there would be a huge win for the Blades. Yeah, I think um, the Mile High San Diego game, you know, that that was kind of a grudge match, um, and I think it was a really big victory for Mile High to move forward out of that. Um, you're right. If Mile High wants to make the next step in their progression, they need to come out with a win against Minnesota. Um, I think Minnesota has always been kind of under the radar, but I think people do respect Minnesota and what they've done. So if Mile High is able to come in and get the upset, I think then you can really look at Mile High and say, wow, you're making a lot of stride here. Um, I do think it's going to be hard, though, because Minnesota, especially in this Division Two section, has been pretty consistent, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I really doubt that uh, Michelle Braun and uh, Moose Raylander are going to let us get one get uh, get away one step closer to the national championship. This is this is what Minnesota has worked for, even last year and this year. So uh, I mean, uh, Mile High, I I wish them well. I really think they have what it takes to maybe make it very competitive. Um, so they, they have to really, uh, against Hanson, uh, they really have to play a good game. And uh, uh, given the, the Vixen D, I think that's, that's going to be their, their biggest challenge right there. Can they offensively score, score 
you know, with um, Minnesota. That'll be the key right there. Definitely. I think, um, I think Minnesota seems to have a pretty uh, solid defense. I think Mile High, uh, you know, has a considerably consistent offense, but that's going to be the side of the ball that the uh, game is decided on. Um, I think a really interesting matchup out of Division Two on the other side is going to be New York and Tampa Bay, though. I think that's going to be fireworks. No, I'm looking forward to that one. I think the Inferno, this is their biggest test. Uh, this is their St. Louis Lamb uh, adversary. You know what I mean? This is, this is what yeah. kept them back two years in a row, and now they get the historic New York Sharks looking for a finals appearance in their 20th season. How would you like to end that? I mean, go to the finals, and more than likely, if it pans out the way it's supposed to pan out, it will be New York, Minnesota, and that would be historic. Uh, 20 years later, here we are from the 99 season that started it all, and now these two teams might end up deciding a national championship uh, in Atlanta. So that would be very, very good storyline. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as far as storylines are concerned, it would be a big story, but I wouldn't also count out Tampa Bay. They've been very consistent. Uh, and putting up points, I do think the uh, Sharks and Tampa Bay uh, do a good job of doing that. So I, I kind of um, am predicting a shootout in that game. Um, so don't count out Tampa Bay quite yet, but you, you're right in that the storyline between New York and Minnesota would be really interesting. Well, it'll be up to the Inferno to kind of change that that type of mindset and that feel for it at this point. But uh, they are hungry. We talked to Miss Moody. They are hungry. They have they have been given the disappointment two years in a row. This is one step closer to Atlanta. And if they take down the talented Sharks, which this team is really talented with uh, Mulligan and company, if they take them down, that would be a huge, huge victory for uh, Tampa Bay. And then one step closer to really punching in. Uh, the, it would be an obstacle mentality. Because if they take down New York, as an example, they're probably going to uh, face Minnesota, which is another obstacle. So uh, Tampa Bay really is in a position here to make a statement. If they take down New York and Minnesota, that says a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tampa Bay has been a team that um, has steadily um, become more and more competitive. So if they were able to uh, overtake the Sharks and even beat um, you know Minnesota in the championship. I, that would be a really great run by them. So um, I'm, I've just kind of steadily been watching how they each season seem to be getting better and better, and that's so good, the name of the game uh, as an organization, so they should be proud of what they're doing. Yeah, the the game that I was watching was Kansas City. It started off pretty bad for Kansas City with uh, the two-quarterback situation that I've you know voiced my uh, discomfort with. And then all of a sudden, they had to salvage the game technically by bringing a leash back in. With Lee and Sowers in the mix here, they route Arlington 67-10. to 10, And I think this is the way to go. they got to either stick with Leash, uh, Leash, uh, Brooke Leash and Sowers and, and Lee as a combo. And I think they have a chance against the Warriors. But against Mary Rose Roach, Priscilla Gardner, and uh, Chantel Wiggins, they are going to uh, encounter an obstacle. 
it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I mean, the the ground game of L.A. and the experience that Chantel brings to their offense, they're a really hard offense to stop. I think Kansas City has a lot of firepower as well, but I think they're kind of struggling to figure out how to put it all together. Uh, they definitely were able to handle Arlington. I think, you know, from what I could see of the highlights, I think Arlington just wasn't – they just weren't ready for that kind of level yet. Um, but I think if Kansas City wants to make a run at the championship, you're right. They kind of have to nail down at least a general idea of which direction they want to go, even if it's a situation-type scenario where, you know, one quarterback comes in and X, Y, and Z – another quarterback comes in under this circumstance, I think it's going to be tough if you want to go a true like dual system um, with two quarterbacks on equal footing. It's going to be tough because you, you have to keep up on the scoring column with L.A. If you fall back, it's going to be really hard um, to come back. Uh, so I really think, though, if Kansas City wants to win, they need to clear that up, and they also – Defensively, need to hold L.A. to, I'd say, like 30 points or less to have a shot. Now, the, the, the win against the Warriors will not be an offensive win for Kansas City. The win against the Warriors will be a defensive uh, stoppage on uh, L.A.'s offense. If they can somehow yeah. contain L.A.'s offense, they have a chance offensively because they're talented on, on the offensive side of the ball. It will be, can Kansas City contain L.A. offense, because the Warrior D is good, but I don't think uh, we're, we're looking at, you know, something where they can stop so much, but uh, it's just, this is going to be the marquee game, I think, for this round three. It is because if Kansas City pulls it off, that's huge. That is huge if they pull it off. The Warriors, we expect them to move forward based on talent and based on what they have on the roster, but for Brooke and Liz uh, and everybody in Kansas City to really push this. Uh, you just think about this. Chantel Wiggins, veteran QB, if Brooke Leach can somehow defeat Chantel Wiggins and the Warriors, get, she gets to face Congaldi or Cahill in the next round. And that's, this, is, this is a what? Uh, a youth quarterback, two years in a row, made the playoffs. She's on a rise right here. So, it will be a big statement for her if she can take down Los Angeles. I, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. And I think, um, obviously, she's very talented, especially for her age. And she's only going to get better. And if you're a young player, you want to be exposed to high-level situations. You want to play the best in the sport because it's only going to make you better. It's going to bring the best out of you. So if if I'm Brooke, I want the opportunity to play the best in the sport. So hopefully she, uh, you know, gets the opportunity to prove herself um, and continues to get better. And yeah, and, and you know, like we're voicing here, uh, LA is no Arlington. So that's that's really our our, our suggestion here. They got to come with their A game if they really want to get over the hump. Um, the other game, uh, um, Holly, obviously no, there was no surprise here. It was either going to be Pittsburgh, Boston. They always play each other really tough. The only surprise here, I think, was uh, 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 the running back. Bonds just literally great job on their part in terms of Boston. 
Cahill and Bonds, just a great team. And then uh, Bianchi as well. So, you know, I think the passion just had an off day, even with Baker and, and Horton there. It just seemed like the Boston D just came to play. And right after the second half, it just got away from them. So, but Pittsburgh did have a great season. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised at the spread of the score, considering they seem to be competitive during the season with each other. Uh, There are some times that you play during the season where the score doesn't necessarily reflect the talent level on either side. Sometimes you're right, the situation of the game just gets away from uh, from you. You know, a few turnovers can really create a huge difference in the the point column. Um, But Pitt had a great season. Um, but I think Boston is trying to make a statement, and putting up 63 points against Pitt is definitely a statement. Um, and then on the other side, D.C. kind of ran away with Atlanta. So I think both of these teams are, are ready to face each other in a grudge match this week. All right. So speaking of D.C., let's go into the no-joke football huddle. And we got July specials going on at Zazzle.com. Everybody that has bought uh, all our stuff this year, uh, this year as well as this month, starting on July 1st, we had a almost a 25% increase in sales. So I really, really appreciate everybody going to the shop. Save up to 25% off daily. Use the daily code. Take advantage of up to 25% off daily and get your gear. Um, if you want to share it on our social sites, just uh, hash, uh, just go ahead and use the hashtag uh, No Joke Football or you can at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter or on our Facebook page. But thank you, everybody, for going out there and rocking no-joke football gear. So let's bring in the talented and leader of the D.C. Divas, which is uh, quarterback Amanda Congeldi, and uh, we're going to talk WFA playoffs. Amanda, we get a uh, – I don't know what, what happened. Uh, was it was it Super Gatorade or what, but uh, – 56 to zero, just, I don't know. Your team is ready. That's all we got to say. Your, your team is ready. Oscar, good evening. I appreciate you having me again. Uh, Holly, it's nice to meet you. We didn't get a chance to talk last time. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think this is a game that um, for us, I think it's obvious that uh, momentum is really, really big in, in any sport, really. I mean, that was I guess, evident in the Pittsburgh-Boston game. And I think just ever since the the win that we had against Boston <clears throat> that we had to fight back for, um, just kind of solidified the rest of our season in terms of momentum. So um, it was definitely a good win. It was, it was you know, as, as much as it looked like it was uneven. I mean, Atlanta has a lot of talent on their team. There's no question about it. Um, but I think this game was just a, a game about momentum for us. Yeah, I agree. But uh, you know what? Uh, you guys overall have just picked up the pace in the last two or three weeks. So I don't know what you guys are feeding each other, but uh, just look very impressive. You know, every uh, every side of the ball. Uh, Scott, you've seen, uh, seen her highlights just tearing it up. Yeah. So I don't know if Atlanta just was not ready to come in, but regardless, here it is. You guys are uh, moving on to the next round. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, DeAsia, you know, Scott, like you just mentioned, she's a she's a big part of it. Um, she's she's honestly just a, a rare talent that we have, not just on the team, but in my opinion, on the league. I'm sorry, it's kind of raining where I'm at. I don't know if you can hear it, but 
Um, you know, in the league, she's just a rare talent. I mean, she's so quick. She's so fast. You know, just a little a little hole that she sees, she's going to she's gonna squirt through it and, and create a play. And um, also credit to our offensive line. You know, our offensive line has done an amazing job in both sides of running and, and, and pass protection. So um, I think, like you said, we, we've kind of picked it up in all phases of the game, including special teams. I think we've improved on that. Um, so, again, I think it's just about momentum for us and, uh, I think we're just wrong at this point. We just have to stay mentally focused, and I think we'll be okay. Amanda, the, the play uh, in the East Coast is always tough, competitive, and now you get to face the Renegades. Familiar foe, they probably know you better than anybody, just like you guys mm-hmm. pretty much know them. Um, it's, this is yep. grueling. This is like, you know how you go in a boxing match, and this is this is the match, and then all of a sudden this is the next match and the next match. It just seems like you guys are always – on this dual mentality. Yeah, I mean, we actually, you know, we expect to play them three times a year. We've done it for the last three or four years where, uh, you know, we play them three times a year. I mean, and the third time's in the playoffs. And um, last year was very, very competitive. You know, as as competitive they are and, and um, exciting as they are in the regular season, it just kicks up a whole six notches in the playoffs. And, um, you know, there's no other team, to be honest, that we'd rather face, um, you know, both with their talent and, you know, they're a classy organization. They're an organization that, you know, we respect very, very much. Um, and it's always a chess match. And as I stated, you know, the first time we, you know, we chatted back in February before the season, these type of games, you don't beat them, you know, with your talent because they have just as much talent as you do. You don't beat them with your coaching because they – have just as quality coaching as you do. You have to beat them mentally and also with your in-game adjustments that you make. So it's going to be fun for sure. I'm looking forward to it, and there's really no other team I'd rather face. All right, so we, we are going to put you as at a level of the NFL. So I just had a tweet the other day. Somebody told me that you look like Steve Young. So there we go, the Steve <laughs> Young of the D.C. Divas. And that's, that's a great – compliment you know what I mean great compliment um very good player as well so there you go so uh the Steve Young of the WFA is Amanda Cangaldi um so Amanda let's bring Holly in the, into the conversation so Holly let's uh, shoot away hey how's it going how's it going Holly pretty good um so just awesome. in general how did you get started in playing football what's your backstory well, my backstory is um, I actually believe football was the first sport I ever remember taking up. I used to play with the you know the, the boys, and then I actually started playing with grown men when I was in high school. My dad never let me play. Um, so um, when I used to live in Philly and I started playing there for five years, I seen a tryout sign at a convenience store um, right around the corner from me. And I was 16 at the time, and uh, I called to, I called the owner to, I guess, to see how old you had to be. Um, she said you had to be 18, and sorry, we'd love to have you, but call back when you're 18. And I called back when I was 18. <laughs> I played there for five years, um, and then in 2016, I ended up um, making a move to D.C., and uh, never looked back ever since. Awesome. 
Uh, now, they said yeah. that you are like Steve Young. Is that the quarterback <laughs> that you try to play like, or is there a particular quarterback you try to emulate? Well, I think Steve Young is very generous. I appreciate whoever tweeted you that, Oscar. Um, I think I think highly of Steve Young. Obviously, he's uh, widely considered as one of the top quarterbacks in you know the NFL and in the history. So, um, I have a long way to get there in in, in women's football. Um, you know, you have Cahill and Allie Hamlin and Lisa Horton and as you mentioned Chantel Wiggins and Grisafi. There's whole bunch of other women's football quarterbacks that you have to catch. But, um, you know, my favorite quarterback in the league, um, and I have to – and it's hard to say this because I love Carson Wentz and I'm a huge Eagles fan, as Oscar knows. But um, my favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the league. I just love the way he can he can beat you with both his arm and, and his legs outside of the pocket and his mind. I just think he's, he has a load of talent. And if there's any – quarterback I would try to emulate it would try to be Aaron Rodgers. That's a good choice. I think you're you're right. He's probably the most complete quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, although I do like the Steve Young comparison because I'm a Niners fan, so I, I do like that. That's a good one. Um I had to throw that in there. Yeah. Would you yeah. yeah, I always have to throw that in there. You you know. <laughs> um well, you so what good. do yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, what do you think – what do you to play quarterback? What is special about playing quarterback to you? You know, it's it's so hard to pinpoint just one thing. Um, I think, you know, personally, quarterback is not just the best position in football, but I think it's the best position to play in all of sports. I also feel like it's the toughest, and I feel like if you can manage playing quarterback, you can manage doing any other job. Um, or any other position in the league, I think it really tests you both mentally and physically. Um, you know, when, when when things go right, you know, everything is, is great with, you know, fans and the team and everything like that. You know, when things go not so right and, and you're one and two, you know, it's kind of like you have to really toughen your skin up and, and, and look at yourself in the mirror. And that's obviously all, you know, all aspects of the game. Um I don't know. I just think my my favorite thing about it is that, you know, you have a chance to really prove yourself as a leader. Um, and I think when you can earn yourself the role as a leader, as a quarterback, I really think that, um, you know, that comes with respect as well. So I, it's just the best, to me, the best position in, in the world, honestly. I understand that. Um, since you've played for uh, for a minute here, what is the hardest defense that you've played against in your career? Like the toughest defense? It's tough. Um, you know, I honestly would probably, I have to say, honestly, probably, probably Pittsburgh. Um, that's why I was kind of really surprised with the score. You know, I think Pittsburgh has a, a top-level defense. Um, and I'm just speaking in terms of when I was playing quarterback. I know, um, you know, the former quarterback was the offensive coordinator now, Allie. She would probably say, you know, she would say Dallas was the toughest for her quarterback. Um, but, I, you know, as a quarterback, I honestly believe, you know, Pittsburgh, they just, they're, they're very physical, they're very aggressive. Um, they're also a very confident team where 
they'll leave you, you know, they'll they'll leave their best players one at one on one with your best players, and you know they dare you to beat them that way, and um, they'll send blitzes. I, I won't forget it when we played them the first time this year. Um, you know, we were down by 18. We started clawing our way back, and uh, we got the ball back with 50 seconds left in the game, and we had a chance to win the game. And we were at the, about the 50 yard line, and it's first down. And um, they basically sent one or two players extra. And so, you know, they, they weren't afraid to blitz you. You know, it could be fourth down. They've done that as well. On fourth down, it would be fourth and 10, fourth and 15. You would think a team's going to play coverage and, you know, protect the markers. And, but, no, they're going to they're gonna come at you. They're going to, you know, they're going to play their style of football. And I can respect a team who does that. So I would have to say Pittsburgh, definitely. Well, that that makes me happy as a middle linebacker. I like I like teams that are aggressive, so I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. What do we need to do? <laughs> what do we think we need to do as a? What do you think we need to do as a sport to progress um, in the future? You know, honestly, I feel like you know some teams, you know, they they can't really field or they have trouble fielding a team game in, game out, you know, I, I honestly feel a lot of teams just need to merge and put their pride aside and um, some leagues need to fold and put their pride aside. And I think the moment we actually, I think the first step is having one league, you know, one, one league, there's not, you know, one dominant league and then there's one other, you know, league that's not as dominant or anything like that. I honestly believe you just need to have one league and that's the best way to go about it. And some teams just need to merge and fold and come together that way. I hear that. All right, cool. All right, back to you, Oscar. All right. Um, so, Amanda, you're here now. Round three coming up here. You're going to get to face uh, Bonds, Bernanke, and uh, – and you also get to face Cahill one more time. So this is this is really nice for DC Diva fans because it's one step closer to the to Atlanta, and it's got to be very rewarding for you because here you are bringing the Divas back into the national spotlight. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely going to be the obviously the biggest challenge of of our season. Um, you know, Bond. I know she goes both ways. She's a great player. She's just as good on defense. As she is an offense, um, you know, Bonnecke, uh Emily Bonnecke, who is their star receiver, 87, I honestly feel like she's one of the best in the league. Um, definitely I'd probably put her at top three that I've seen. And then obviously Cahill is just still still kicking, still kicking. I don't know how old she is, but she's she's kicking just as, as good as I've ever seen her. Um, and so it's definitely going to be tough for sure. Um, but, you know, we're home. I feel like that's that's going to be an advantage for us. I think we have a great – fan base um you know when we played Atlanta we had a great uh pretty 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 good showing there so the fans is, is being on our side is going to help us and I don't know it's just um it's a game that I look forward to it's probably the biggest personally in my career so far but um you know it's not just about me I feel like the rest of our team is ready and they're going to prepare just as hard as I'm going to prepare um and 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 we definitely do want this because we want to prove not just to ourselves but to everybody else that we're not a rebuilding team, that we're a team that, you know, is also, you know, up there with the Bostons of the world and the Pittsburghs of the world. And, um, you know, we, we just want to go out and prove that. All right. You want to keep 
uh, as Troy Wilson would say, you want to keep DC in the line in the spotlight, just like the Capitals won the uh, the championship here. Um, <laughs> you guys want to stay in that that limelight, um, but it would be nice. Uh, did it surprise you, uh, Amanda, that they put up a 63 burger on Pittsburgh? And I think it was a lot to do with maybe pressure and turnovers that caused maybe the passion to, you know, not get, stay toe to toe with them. But they do have firepower, and that's one of the things that that's got to put you probably at a worry, right? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing about Boston is that they they have great players. You know, their their starting twenty two is great, but they also have a lot of depth. I think that's evidence with their their running back group. Um, you know, Whitney Zealy, who's typically their starting running back, she didn't even play all year. Adrian Smith, their other receiver, you know, star receiver in the league, she hasn't played the whole year. So they have players who haven't played the whole year who are some of the best of their positions in the league. And it's just, um, you know, they keep coming with the talent. I think that's evidence of their coaching. And as far as the score, you know, I I probably was just as surprised as, as anybody else with the with the score. Um, you know, especially, like I said, I just consider Pittsburgh's defense as one of the, the best. And, you know, as, as I say, sometimes, it, you know, when it rains, it pours. Um, you know, and games are about momentum. Um, I also do know, though, that um, Angela Baker, their – the number one receiver, she she did she did suffer an injury. Um, I feel like that did hinder them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Not also yep. sure exactly how Lisa's health is at this point. I know most of the year she's been playing uh, pretty with a with, with a pretty bad injury. So um, knowing her game and and being able to to, to you know to move out of the pocket um, that really hindered their offense. So um, I, I think that was, that was a big contributor in them not scoring so much, but. The defense giving up 63, I just didn't expect it. Um, yeah, it's just it's, just, it's unfortunate. All right. So, Amanda, you know what? Um, you are the leader of the Divas now. You are in the spotlight for all of us that, that we cover the women's game. So, uh, another level to get to would be against Boston. It's uh, it's Congaldi mm-hmm. against Cahill. It's a, it's a round three here. And this is for the uh, the trip and – Nice trip to Atlanta. So you, I, I guess you're ready because I know your defense is ready. Offensively, it's what we got to kind of figure that out. But you'll figure that out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think our defense has really come into its own. Um, I think with us, the one thing that's really helped us along the season is that we've made a lot of adjustments on both sides of the ball, our defense and our offense. Um, you know, obviously going from one and two to start the year to now a six-game winning streak, we had to make a lot of adjustments. Um, also cut a lot of mental mistakes out of our out of our game. I think we were like number one or number two for the majority of the year in penalties, which really killed us. Um, but as far as the game, you know, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna be ready again. We're gonna study as hard as 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 any other player who would be in this position. Um, you know, I'm not really personally. I'm not really too nervous or anything like that. I think the moment you you get nervous, you kind of get caught up in the game, and um, you just gotta play your game and um, let the game come to you. And um, you know, as Ali says, just trust the process. She, she says all the time, trust the process. And that's what I plan to do, and I think that helps to have somebody who's been in this position, you know, behind me and and, and calling the plays and supporting me, just being there on the sideline. You know, to to guide our offense, I I feel like we're really fortunate in that respect. Amanda, what do you think of 
Brooke Leash in Kansas City. Two years, young, right out of high school. She was getting to the playoffs last year against Minnesota. She got knocked out. Now she's going to face Los Angeles Warriors. Uh, what do you think of that story in terms of you're, you're taking over a program from a legend there. She basically is literally replacing Katie Sowers, if you really want to place it mm-hmm. in that. And in two years, it seems like she's growing every year. And now she's got, she's got to face literally what you would consider Boston Renegades on that side of the coast, which is Los Angeles mm-hmm. with, with Wiggins and company. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's very impressive for someone that young. It doesn't really necessarily matter which team you're facing. I think at that at that age, um, because you're you're more than likely you're going to face more experienced players on the opposite side of the ball. So, experience I think is invaluable. I don't think you can put a price on it. Um, you know, one thing I've learned is. You can have all the talent in the world. You can you can you can have all that. You know you can have the accuracy. You can have the mobility. You can have the arm the arm strength. But um, you know you have to be able to mentally prepare yourself. And I think for a game like this, you know, for her she you know she has to assure herself that she can't get out of character and try to do too much. I think that's something I try to do when I was younger. Um, when I started playing when I was eighteen and nineteen and twenty, you know you feel like you have to overdo it um and 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 so i think for her she has to make sure she sticks to her game also trust her line trust the coaching trust everybody around her um and and just make sure she's in you know she's in the film room communicating communicating i think is the basis of everything in life sports being one of those um make sure you're communicating on a daily basis with their with her team and again just let the game come to her not to try to overdo it, but also make sure that she's mentally prepared. I think that's the biggest thing. Defensively, Amanda, what would be your suggestion here? Because I know L.A. brings the heat, just like anybody on the East Coast. And so at this point, it's really, will it be an op- an upset if she does take down the Warriors at this point? Are you considered an upset at her level? Yeah, absolutely. Personally, I, w- I believe um, – just knowing the type of players that are on the the Warriors, I feel like not just in the West, I feel like that they can definitely be a top team um, in the league. I know they haven't really played too many games this year, unfortunately, but um, I know the talent that they have over there. And, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I just believe that if she lets the game come to her, you know, she can pull it off because obviously this is the ultimate team sport. But in terms of a team like that, a defense like that, that, tends to bring the heat, as you say. You have to play the percentages, you know, so you have to do a lot of quick passes, hitches, um, slants, things to negate basically the, uh, the the rush, you know, even, you know, throws out the backfield. Just a lot of quick passes. That would slow the, you know, the running game down. Screens, that type of stuff. I'm not sure how their offense functions, but I do know that they have the top running back in the league. So if you can get a team to – commit to, um, you know, trying to stop the run, that opens up for play action. Then you play the percentages that way. Play action, get the ball out of your hands quick. I think um, some, something like that for, for her age uh, is definitely a, a confidence builder. And um, I think the, I, I think they can pull the upset, but it's definitely going to be tough for her. Yeah, and I think it's historic because if you think about it, uh, if if she gets to this level, um, I know LA is LA is you know, they're not going to walk, they're not going to just roll over. 
It's just not going to happen. You got um, mm-hmm. when you got Mary Rose Roach, you got uh, Priscilla Gardner, you got Lisa King. You get, I mean, mm-hmm. literally an array of all stars right. on that on that Warrior roster. Um, right. But if she if she somehow pulls it off, you're looking at yourself versus Brooke, or it's going to be Cahill versus Brooke. The storyline is mm-hmm. what I'm saying for the WFA is exciting this year. It's been exciting. You guys rebound in the season, and then you're here now. She's going up against legends, technically, at this point. You know, mm-hmm. Chantel Wiggins, uh, Wiggins is a legend in, in this league, you know, with Cal War Angels, mm-hmm. the history that they had with the Angels and everything else. And so she's got an opportunity to pull a big upset, but also another, another opportunity in the next round, which is now you go to the national championship to face yourself or maybe Cahill at this point. And that's, that is, I think, the biggest storyline the WFA has not taken advantage of in terms of press. A, a phenom that potentially could make the national championship against uh, some some uh, very durable quality quarterbacks like yourself and Cahill. Yeah, and um, you know I'm I'm I guess I'm one of the younger quarterbacks in the league. I'm 26 at this point. Last year I was 25. I kind of felt like I was a little bit in that position last year, um, or or seen in that position last year when. You know, when it come to when it came to playing against Lisa Horton and, and Cahill three times, and I felt like you know a lot of people seen me as the young one going up against you know the the OGs, if you will. Um, yeah. And so I that's why I bring it up because yeah. you have that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've yeah. felt that already. That's what I'm saying. Brooke is in that spot now, where you're kind mm-hmm. of proving yourself already at, at a level where, like you said, you guys are progressing as a team and everything she's got an opportunity here to really make a statement. They beat Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, now she gets a chance to go to, to a final. You know what I mean? In two years span, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge accomplishment. It is. And again, I think the big thing with her is that it's going to come down to how much mental um, and, and, mm-hmm. and preparation are you going to be able to put into it? Because playing quarterback is just the preparation itself is exhausting. I remember when Allie and I were, prepping for, I think, Boston the first time. Oh, no, yeah, Boston the second time. I think we spent maybe 20 hours, you know, with that during that week, you know, trying to prepare and just that constant communication, and that's what you need to have. And, um, yeah. you know, Brooke, in, in this case, she needs, to, she needs to have that constant communication. They have to be on the same page. I think, again, if she trusts the process, trusts the game plan, trusts the players around here, she'll be fine. You know, if you had the talent, you'll be fine. You just need to be able to trust and mentally prepare yourself, and you'll be okay. I think uh, Kansas City D really is playing at a good level that might stay competitive with the Warriors. Uh, They'll have to contain the Warriors. Um, The Warriors Mm -hmm. are going to have to figure out, because Brooke has a tendency to run like a gazelle, (laughs) and that speed sometimes I think they don't don't anticipate. So she's got – on both sides, I think they, it's going to be a great matchup on this. So, um, Amanda, thanks for making the time today. I know we had, you know, last second here, and you got to go to practice and coming back, but I really appreciate you making the time. Uh, we really, re- really wish you well against uh, Cahill, Bond, and Maneki uh, out there against Boston. It's going to be a great matchup. you got Scott on your side mm-hmm. as well, and you got the whole Diva D uh, working their magic right now. So it looks like uh, one step closer to Atlanta, and we're looking forward to it in, on July 14th. Absolutely, and I appreciate you having me again. Um, you know, it'll be exciting, and I don't know. I think this game can go either way, but um, it'll definitely be exciting for sure. I appreciate you having me. Holly, it's nice to meet you as well. 
Nice to meet you, too. Hopefully one day I can chase you around. (laughs) (laughs) One day. One day. One day. There you go, see? (laughs) When we have our own meet, you know? That's true. Um, uh, you, if you see Holly on the other side, she's not as friendly on the field as she is right here in, as commentator. You know, linebackers uh, yeah, always love more to nice. taunt a quarterback. That's what I've noticed. Linebackers always love to to, to taunt a quarterback because they can, really. And, you it's know, part what are of the game. Do? It's all yeah. out of love. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a diva. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I like that. Good comeback. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Amanda, rest up for the next uh, week or so, and then uh, we are looking forward to the July 14th matchup. It is the D.C. Divas taking on the Boston Renegades round three, and it is for the opportunity to go to Atlanta. So, uh, Amanda, uh, Divas, ready to go. So, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate it. Enjoy your night. Bye-bye. Night. All right, Holly, this is it. This is for all the marbles. This is it, July 14th. It is one step closer to Atlanta, hot Atlanta, if anything. So uh, there you there you, you know, she even gave Brooke advice in terms of how she can probably overcome Los Angeles here, and I'm pretty sure the Warriors are listening as well. That's one of the things that they don't want to be on, on the other side, just like Pittsburgh this weekend didn't want to be on the, on the missing side. But uh, – it is what it is. So it is Boston, D.C. This, uh, Holly, I think has to be the marquee game in D1, right? I think I think actually both the games in D1 are really big games. Um, I think, you know, I like the, the fact that she was giving uh, Brooks some advice because, like we've talked about previously, we've had a series of historical quarterbacks in, in this sport that are starting to retire and move on with their lives. And so there's a big need for the next crop of quarterbacks to come in and develop. And so we need quarterbacks, you know, like Amanda and like Brooke that come along and, and push these other quarterbacks as they develop. And so that's exciting to watch. I definitely think the Boston DC match is going to be, you know, a grudge match. Um, I think it will be a dog fight. I think the LA, um, uh, Kansas City game will be more fireworks. Um, but both games, I think, are going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, and, and you know, who who else and who better to kind of give her some pointers than uh, Amanda, who's obviously, you know, replaced Hamlin as well. So um, it just, it's just a story of all that. And what, what credit this Diva squad, they have literally picked themselves up, like she said, in about, you know, in the three-week mark, and now they're literally on a run. This is just a, just an amazing story for them too. I mean, any any time you play a season, you're gonna have your your ups and downs, and so the difference between a good team and a great team is taking the adversity that you face and doing something with it. It's not you know if you get knocked down, it's if you get back up and what you do with it. And they seem to have used the adversity that they face in a positive way. Uh, so hopefully they can continue to do that. All right, so D2, we're looking at um, the big clash in D2, Mile High, Minnesota. Uh, so if we have to give our predictions here, uh, the predictions for D1, I would say um, I want to take Amanda's DC Divas at this point, 
but Boston has offensively just impressed me so far. So unless you're going DC, I'm I'm taking Boston edging DC. I think I'm actually going to side with DC. Um, I do think Boston has a lot of offensive power, but I think DC has a lot of momentum. Um, but I do think it's going to be one of those grudge match games that it really depends on who takes care of the ball. Um, you know, either side and, you know, it's who makes the most mistakes and who makes the fewest mistakes. Like that's really going to be the, the, the bottom line of this game. But for some reason, I feel like DC is going to pull it out. They did split the, the regular season games. I just right. think DC has a lot of momentum. That's right. The only thing I'm going with is the fact that they were so impressive against Pitt that I think their momentum is there against DC. And it's going to be a dogfight either way. Uh, either way, it's going to be a dogfight there. I mean, they, they know each other very well. Like you said, it's going to come down to possession and mistakes and things like that. Um, on the other side, I want to say Los Angeles at this point because they're more, more in tune with that. Uh, I really think Kansas City has to bring their A game. And so at this point, I will give I will have to give the edge to Los Angeles just based on what they've brought to the table so far. But I am just on that I am on the uh, leash bandwagon on the other side. I think it could could happen. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kansas City has um, had a really great year. I think LA, in my opinion, has a little bit of an edge. They have. I think top to bottom a bit more depth on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Casey has um, some really strong athletes. I just think LA has more of them. Uh, and, and I definitely think LA has a bit more veteran experience as well. Um, I think Casey, if they were able to pull this off, they would have to, again, hold LA under, under 30 points and create some turnovers and it's going to be real interesting to see how um, Brooke will handle the pressure because I, I have a feeling L.A. is going to bring a lot of it. So um, it's going to, you know, I hope she can make the best decisions while under that pressure. So that's going to be a key as well. So I agree with that. Um, Mile High versus Minnesota, uh, I, just, I just feel like Hanson and company are going to just take this. So uh, we still have another week to kind of, you know, change our minds if we say, per se. But at this point, I would say Minnesota versus Mile High on the winning end. Um, then you have, you said Tampa Bay, New York. Um, I really think the Inferno really wants to get over the hump. So I am going to go with your uh, intuition that, yes, uh, Tampa Bay, I know New York's probably listening. They're not going to, you know, really be good about that. But, uh, I really would love the historic New York-Minnesota matchup, but I really just have this feeling that Tampa Bay is going to really step up their game. I agree. I don't know. I, I'm thinking like a, I'm kind of buying into so Tampa Bay. Um, I think New York has had a great season. And if New York, you know, proves me wrong and takes care of Tampa Bay, then I think they have a complete edge in the championship. Um, I think both teams have had great years – um, it's it's still going to be a tough uh, road for Tampa Bay. It's on it's on the road. It's gonna it's gonna be um, not an easy game. But I think they're really hungry, and uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. 
All right, Richmond versus Orlando, and we talked. We didn't talk about that pretty much, but the Black Widows uh, they go into Toledo. Toledo once again just can't seem to get over the hump in the playoffs. Just just doesn't seem to happen. I think that they're uh, exit in a playoff mode at home when they have a field field advantage. So maybe they should play on the road. What do you think? Well, you know, sometimes what happens with teams is, especially if it's the same, you know, same core of players that have been around in those three exits, what ends up happening is it becomes a mental thing. You kind of, people start believing, okay, we're only good enough to get to the, you know, first or second round, and then we, we don't have what it takes to move further. So it, it, sometimes it can be a mental thing. I do think, you know, um, it was a it was a solid game, and Richmond was just kind of able to, to pull it out. I do think Richmond's right. going to have a really hard time on the road against Orlando. Now that's going to be a tall order for them. Orlando really made a statement uh, win in round three in round two, sixty-one to twenty against a Mississippi Royalty uh, team that we were hyping up that would have better offensive, but we kind of overlooked. I think that then the Orlando D. And that was the key, I think, for most part, um, is keeping them under 20 points. They really contained Mississippi's offense. So at this point, Orlando, Richmond, and correct, if the Black Widows cannot stay toe-to-toe with this uh, Orlando offense, they are going to have the same fate that the Mississippi Royalty will have. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about the other week on Mississippi, you know, it's really um, had a great season I think just the two best teams in Division Three the last couple of years are Orlando and Arkansas until somebody else comes up and, and knocks them off. Both teams have just had confidence and experience. And even though, you know, all the teams on this level have small squads, I feel like those two teams have really uh, bonded together and they're confident in what they're doing and they're just rolling on teams. So it's going to be interesting to see – uh, if Richmond and, and Rocky Mountain can come in and uh, compete with them, but I really think in, until the other uh, teams can knock one of these two teams off, it, it's going to be those two teams in the championship. I agree. So uh, let's go to the international scene before uh, I believe you're about to bail uh, here at seven, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So let's go into the international scene here uh, in Sweden. The final will be this weekend, July 7th. It is Orobro Black Knights taking on Carlsbad Crusaders. It is Minming Zhao out there, the talented all, all-star running back versus uh, Carlsbad uh, Crusaders, which is Linda Johansson, which is the uh, all-star out there as well. So this is a matchup, of, a good matchup. And the semifinals were Orobro 42-7 to against Orlando Jets. And then Carlsbad, 32 to 12, beating the Stockholm Mean Machines. So this is a clash no different than Boston, D.C. in a way. Uh, it is uh, the Orville Black Knights going for a back-to-back championship. Carlsbad re- reborn with Linda uh, Johansson as quarterback in the first year. So uh, this is going to be a great clash in Sweden. Yeah, from what I know of the of the teams there, it looks like uh, the Black Knights have, have really been a solid fixture in that league. Um, you know, 
uh, I think it's probably their game to lose at this point. But Mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see what happens with Carlsbad and if they're able to, to come in and knock them off. And it's going to be a great game. Uh, it'll be streamed, I believe, and we'll get you the details and links at Gridiron Beauties on Facebook. But uh, it's going to be awesome. Black Knights going for back-to-back championships, taking on the red-hot Carlsbad Crusaders. And so it's going to be a great matchup there. Uh, in the Maple Series in Finland, uh, Leah Kaza, as you know before from the Indy Crash, she's out there playing out there in the Maple Series as well. Um, so um, week four. It's going to be July 7th. It is the Wolverines uh, taking on, I believe, the Roosters. And then it is the Valkyries taking on the Saints. That'll be this coming weekend. The week three recap is uh, Wolverines 58-7, to beating the Tampere Saints, which are undefeated at this point. I mean, uh, winless at this point, while the Wolverines are undefeated. And the Roosters edging the uh, Valkyries 26-24. to so that was a really good matchup. Uh, if you didn't get to watch it, you can watch it on the stream, and you can link it up on the SAJL.FI uh, account. So um, this is sort of a, a league, uh, Holly, that it's kind of like they face each other almost every other week uh, for the six weeks, and then it's an eight-week season. So they pretty much know each other week to week, and they, the momentum picks up as they get into closer into you know the, the semifinal uh, or the playoff berth. I mean, if you're in a league or a situation where you're playing the same team multiple times, it, it becomes interesting because it's more about um, uh, adjustments, uh, you know, before the games and then during the games because you get to learn each other and what it, uh, what their strengths are, weaknesses are. So it can be really interesting. Um, but it looks like uh, the Wolverines and the Roosters have played really well so far this season, so that should be a really interesting matchup. All right, and then uh, coming up this weekend in Germany, it is Hamburg Amazons will be taking on the champion Berlin Cobras, which are undefeated 2-0, Hamburg coming in 0-2, and then the Cologne Falconets 2-0. They will take on the Munich Rangers, which are winless at 0-3. So it's going to be a great matchup there. Uh, Week 5 saw the Mainz Golden Eagles, which were the semifinalists last year, they, they uh, edge Munich, uh, the Rangers, 27-23. to 23. So the Rangers on a back-to-back week here looking to face uh, Cologne. And they're obviously on a high road here, 2-0. and So it's going to be interesting in the AF, AFVD uh, Bundesliga number one. So you guys can get the details at afvd.de, or you can go directly to the official site of ladiesfootball.de. So uh, Mains, Mains, you talked about, Holly, last year. Before that, you, you talked about how they barely, you know, they almost won the, the championship there uh, against against Berlin. So they're back pretty much chasing it. I mean, anytime you can build on what you did the previous season and you're still competitive, I mean, that's basically a win in any situation. So, you know, hats off to Dan for continually working towards being competitive and going after it again. All right. So, Holly, you got uh, Bell out here. Um, I believe Troy should be coming in, but I don't know if he's going to show up because he had some uh, emergency that came up. But uh, we will see you next Tuesday if that's the case. Um, we're going to be talking, obviously, more round three scenarios and things that are happening in the WFA. So round three, July 14th, that's what's going to happen. So 
look forward to you coming back and then chatting WFA playoffs. Sounds good. Can't wait. I hope everyone has a great week. Awesome. So uh, safe travels. Uh, we'll catch you here next week, if that's the case, and uh, have a good uh, week. Thank you. Bye. All right, so 4th of July weekend, you guys, and what better time to get to Zazzle.com and take advantage of the up to 25% off sale at Zazzle.com. Get your stuff, get your shirts, your leggings, your uh, sports bras, your tanks, and help out the project to bring more awareness that girls do play American football, and they play it, and their game is no-joke football. So check out Zazzle.com and uh, take take advantage of the sales up to 25% off. And uh, thanks to everybody that has purchased this month. It's been an awesome month for us, and we will hopefully continue to build on it. Let's go into the Legends Football League Week 9, which is Nashville versus Denver, which was the massacre in Nashville, technically, the nightmare for the dream. Uh, 94-20 was the score there. Uh, K.K. Matheny, Jade Randall, Stevie Schnorr, and the Nashville Knights just revving. They are just really rocking. And it was not a, a situation where Denver uh, came in with a focus because they replaced their quarterback. Initially, it was supposed to be Brittany Perea, and then all of a sudden we switched it over to another quarterback, unknown at all. Started with a red-hot intro within a couple passes, and then it kind of fizzled out. And then all of a sudden, Denver couldn't tackle. They couldn't contain, and we have a runaway train of the Nashville Knights versus the Denver Dream. It was 94 to 20. That was the score, and you can watch it on the YouTube channel at Legends Football League. Uh, week 10, Troy Wilson talked about it last week. The LA Temptation trying to salvage their season. They were 0 3. This would have been the worst finish for LA in franchise history. They would have gone 0-4 if they would have fallen to the Denver Dream. But somehow, Los Angeles, um, Michelle Kenny, and uh, Oja Shishindu and company, they wake up, they take care of Denver. Denver, a wounded uh, squad from facing Nashville in Week 9, and looks they get romped once again. Not as bad as the week before, but 39-6. Los Angeles missing Salerno all season with all the off-season news that we've gotten from them. But overall, they've mustered some offense with Carmen Berceau. You'll get to see the game this weekend on the Legends Football Channel on YouTube. And so it's L.A. versus Denver this this weekend, 39-6. We're looking forward to Week 11. Also this weekend, Week 11 coming up is Nashville versus the Omaha Heart. And unfortunately for the Omaha Heart, this is their real test. Denver, Omaha faced off at the beginning of the season, and they were at, on equal footing. They had a great game, very close. They both had similar faults, similar woes in offense. Their defense was, weren't that you know, uh, stout. But uh, I think somebody's going to have a heart attack because Nashville is going into Omaha, and apparently if Omaha can muster up close, that would be a surprise to everybody, which I doubt that's going to happen. So Nashville, I think, is going to finish strong, 0-4. Then they go into literally a couple bye weeks until the playoffs. 
So they're going to secure their berth this uh, week 11 against the Omaha Heart. Omaha is 1-0 right now. They get to play a couple more games after this Nashville uh, matchup. So if they can just – if they fall the 1-1, one one, not so severe, but they need to really step it up. And this is a great challenge for the Omaha Heart to see what level they're at and if they can stay toe-to-toe or even close to Nashville. Defensively, this uh, Omaha Heart team is going to have to step up their game against the Nashville Knights. It's a big offensive fire juggernaut, and it's something that Omaha needs to take into account at this point. So we'll see what the results will be for Nashville versus Omaha this coming weekend. You can watch L.A. Temptation versus Denver Dream uh, via the YouTube channel at uh, Legends Football League. Um, If you guys haven't checked out our YouTube channel either, our YouTube channel is revamped. You can go there now, YouTube channel. You punch in Gridiron Beauties. You can get to watch uh, shared videos from everywhere in the globe, from the uh, North America swing, Europe, Guam, everything. We have shared videos there. So check it out. Amazing, talented women globally playing American football. Their game is no joke. You go from the Canada, which is the Saskatoon Valkyries, Regina Riot. You get head to the States, which you got Boston Renegades. You got Chicago Force. You got Pittsburgh Passion. You got Los Angeles Warriors in the past, Central Cal War Angels, Dallas Elite. You name it. There's a videos pretty much of all the matchups previous to that, as well as we have uh, videos of Legends Football League seasons in the past, as well as a, the um, Legends-style play in Mexico. Um, so, And then Europe as well, and Italy, Europe, France, Germany. So check out, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. I think we're up to almost 80 subscribers now. Uh, our goal is to get to 100 or more, and that'll be awesome for us. So it's an easy click. Just go to uh, YouTube, punch in Great Iron Beauties, and you can click on that and subscribe, and we really appreciate it. Um, so at this point, the international news that we have is Best of the West coming up July 19th through the 21st. And a couple podcasts ago, we had uh, the crew, Seattle Majestics, the uh, Texas Elite Spartans, the Utah Falcons, and the San Diego Search crowd in here telling us about the event. It is now uh, July 19th through the 21st, Best of the West Women's Football Championship, and that's going to take place at Sunrise Mountain High School. You can go to the Facebook page, Best of the West Women's Football Championship, get all the details there. Three-day tournament will include an owner's forum, player clinic, and a social event as well. And so the official hotel for booking is Plaza Hotel and Casino. You can get the details directly from the events page on their Facebook page, Best of the West Women's Football Championship, as well as on their IG, if you want to go to the IG site as well. Um, Let's see here. First day will will be Utah versus Majestics. It's going to be Surge versus uh, the Elite Spartans. So that's going to be the matchups for July 19th. And then uh, Surge, San Diego Surge player, uh, Casey Clark, will be on the season of Big Brother Season 20. And that was announced uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe. And so uh, Casey Clark, pretty good ball player out in San Diego Surge, part of the Surge crowd, is going to be on Big Brother Season 20. You can get the details on our Facebook page at Great Iron Beauty as well. Um, so uh, big weekend there. The WFA weekend is going to be uh, on July 27th 
July 28th, and it's going to be at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw, Georgia. And you can get the details of the itinerary and as well as where to book up your hotels and stuff at WFAChamps.com, WFAChamps.com. Or you can always go to the uh, official site, the WFAProFootball.com site, and get the link there as well. It is going to be an exciting weekend, July 27th. Uh, it's going to be Division Division 2 and then Division 3 is going to be the championships on, on that day. Then Division 1 is going to be July 28th, right after the All-Star Game, the All-American All-Star Game. And then it's going to be Division 1 championship on ESPN3. So get the details at WFAChamps.com. So that's pretty awesome. So if you're not there, I'm not going to be able to make it to either event, either the Best of the West or uh, the WFA Championship. I got some other family things that have come up, and um, sad to say I'm not going to be able to make it. But we are going to try to do a Snapchat stream with Tracy Brick, uh, who who is going to be in attendance in Atlanta. And then we're going to try to see if we can do a Snapchat takeover as well with Holly Custis while she's over there at the Best of the West weekend. So part of the Blitz crew should be at those sites and make it memorable for everybody to get CatSat on there. So Snapchat's going to be the place to be uh, for the Best of the West and the WFA National Championship. Um, if you want details on the other leagues, USWFL or the IWFL, you can follow our Twitter feed at Great Iron Beauty, and we have links there as well to those uh, Twitter handles. And all, you can also go to our Facebook page to get links there. The uh, other um, leagues playing in, Southern, in Mexico, WFL as well, and uh, LFB, FXL, all that details easy on our Facebook page as well. And you get to keep up to date week to week on those uh, leagues happening up in Mexico on the Legend-style crowd as well. And we have to announce some news here. Uh, Brazil, the, uh, Brazil has announced a national league which will partner with CB, CBFA to create a women's national league tournament. There will be seven teams with two groups. Uh, the launch will be July 29th. The season will go from 729 to 915, which the playoffs will start on November 11th and 12th, which the championship final will be December 9th, uh, 2018. We will cover it wall to wall from Brazil. Uh, and then the, the teams there are the uh, Aracuyu Alpha, the Brasilia Pilots, the Sinope Coyotes, um, and in Group B, it's the Big Riders, Curitiba Lions, and the Spartans. So that's the Copa Football uh, Brazil 2018 Women's uh, League, and that's going to kick off on 729. The matchups, Spartans versus Silverhawks, and then August, uh, August 5th, it is the Pilots versus Alpha. So it's going to be really awesome to cover them. Thanks for those folks out in Brazil for networking with us and giving us that information as well as all, everyone else in Europe, Guam, Australia, and uh, obviously in the States as well. So we really appreciate you guys um, helping us out to bring more awareness to the women's game uh, on the North American swing as well as now South America and overall in Europe as well. So it's been very awesome, very awesome for us to cover. I really appreciate them giving us the information so that we can go ahead and display them out as well. So it's been a great show. Um, Troy was going to make it in here, but I don't think he's going to do it tonight. And so um, thanks to Amanda Congaldi coming in, giving us the scoop. Can WFA playoffs round two 
and then obviously kind of previewing round three with the matchup in Division One. It's going to be very awesome. We're going to talk about it even more as we get through next Tuesday. Uh, we haven't talked to NFL, but we're going to kind of hold off on NFL until we get past this whole WFA season because the uh, NFL offseason is going to kick in into gear anyways. But right now the, the conversation and the focus and the passion for us is to keep up with everything WFA football that's happening in 2018 because it is going to be an exciting run for a lot of teams. The scenario is if we get to Minnesota here, uh, Minnesota beating Mile High and New York taking care of Tampa Bay Inferno, then we get the historic uh, matchup here, Minnesota, New York, and Atlanta for the national championship in Division Two, which is really exciting. The Division Three aspect of it is will we see a rematch in Division Three, which is the Orlando Anarchy taking on the Arkansas Wildcats. And it looks to me that that will be the case. And this is kind of like the Anarchy's second shot. And then uh, Arkansas, obviously more tooled and ready this year than they were last year with their, with their tremendous season that they'd had with the uh, low numbers and everything else. So both teams would love nothing better to hit to Atlanta and go for a, a championship rematch, basically, of the championship last year. Orlando, Arkansas is really what we're looking for. Uh, we'll see if it's going to happen that way. But uh, at this point, that's what it's pointing to. Um, so it's going to be very, very awesome to have that mentality. Um, and for the Anarchy fans and for the Wildcat fans, that's really where it's going to be at. Um, the other side, flip side, the storyline is obviously D.C. Boston. And we just talked to Amanda. D.C. Boston is going to be the key here. Can the Renegades, um, you know, go on a two, two-game winning streak all the way to Atlanta here because they beat D.C. pretty impressive, take, take care of Pittsburgh and D.C.? Or will it be D.C. disappointing Boston once again and D.C. taking all the way to uh, Atlanta? On the West Coast side, the interesting scenario comes into play, and we, as we talked about previously here in the last, uh, last uh, what, half hour, 45 minutes with Holly and Amanda, the WFA has missed out, I think, in promoting and getting it done onto the press is really Brooke Leash of the Kansas City Titans, uh, Katie Sowers' protege, Liz Sowers and, and company out there in Kansas City, an impressive season so far. Um, and so they get to take on the juggernaut that is the Los Angeles Warriors. It's a big story here. Um, if, if, if Kansas City pulls it off, which would be not just Brooke, but in general, Liz Sowers and that Kansas City defense, if Kansas City as a collective unit pulls this off and beats Chantel Williams, Priscilla Gardner, Mary Rose Roach, Lisa King, you're talking about some veteran players on the Los Angeles side. If and when they do this, huge story for 2018. What an upset. Similar to what Arkansas did in, in the Division Three round last year. But um, with, you know, if L.A. moves on, L.A. will be probably facing their toughest challenge all year. If they, if they win against Kansas City, they will be taking on either Boston or D.C., and that's also going to be a classic matchup to watch if they get to Atlanta because there's a great talent, veteran talent. You're looking at D.C. with veteran talent. You're also looking at uh, Boston with Cahill. So it would be basically uh, Allison Cahill taking on Chantel Williams uh, with Los Angeles Warriors. Chantel would basically get here after all those faults in Dallas and the halts in Dallas with the Central Cal, uh, Cal War Angels. 
they would be able to finally make it to the championship and go toe-to-toe? Or are we going to see the storyline, which is two young quarterbacks? That would be Amanda Congaldi taking on Brooke Leash in Atlanta. And that also would be a huge story for the WFA, as Hollywood said, because we have a lot of veteran quarterbacks literally retiring. And, and this would be kind of like the battle of two young quarterbacks, uh, a, a veteran quarterback in more tenure with Amanda and um, um, Brooke, who has just been in place for two years and replacing a legend like Katie Sowers. So that's a, a lot of scenarios to kind of think about in terms of how things can go about uh, on July 14th for the WFA, uh, you know, round uh, the final, final championship around who will be there in Atlanta when it's all said and done on the 27th and the 28th. And so the scenarios are there. Uh, speak to it. If you guys want to talk about it, uh, leave us, leave us a comment on our Facebook page as well. Um, you could post it up on the group boards. Let's start the conversation. This is exciting for the WFA. There's a lot of scenarios here that are, that are going to happen. Will Tampa Bay overcome and beat New York and go up against probably Minnesota at this point? Or will Mile High upset Minnesota? And we're going to look at Mile High Tampa Bay in the national championship. So a lot of things to think about. A lot of these teams right now, most of them are listening. And nobody wants to be on the losing end in round three just doesn't happen because you're one step closer to going to the national championship. And so uh, everybody knows the, the, the importance of this next round and the opportunity that you might not ever get here ever again. And a lot of players know how crucial it is to play your best game on that weekend. So it's going to be very, very exciting to kind of figure that out. Um, so uh, for uh, Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez, for the absent Troy Wilson, Tracy Brick, and Louise Bean. We're going to catch you here next week on the Gridiron Blitz. Don't forget to go to our Zazzle shop and take advantage of our up, 25, up to 25% off daily. Uh, take, take a look at the shirts on our screen here. Take a look at the stuff that we have on our site. Uh, help us support another player and spotlight another player. Uh, don't forget to go to our YouTube channel as well. YouTube channel and subscribe. We're up to 75 subscribers right now. We should be up to 200 or more subscribers. There's a, a lot of content there. Amazing women all over the globe playing women's American football from Europe, North America, now even South America. Um, so it's really exciting to watch. You can replay it and view it and kind of figure out who these amazing women are that play the sport globally as well. Don't forget to go to our Snapchat. Just uh, link us up on Snapchat so you can stay up to date on No Joke Football gear as well as takeovers from athletes in women's football internationally as well as here in the states and the hub for everything women's football check it out gridiron beauty on twitter the number one twitter sports site covering women's american football globally you made us number one we really appreciate it and always go to facebook.com check us out uh, weekly updates breaking news and more so for uh the whole crew here looking forward to next tuesday as we get one week closer to round three of the wfa championship uh, playoffs and one step closer to Atlanta for the WFA national championship. So have a great night, everybody. We'll see you here next week.